It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. The Upfront panel here on Monday mornings. Yours truly, Dick Bouchard. Thank you very much for being with us. Really appreciate it. I could not be happier that Rhino Liz Cheney was defeated last Tuesday by Trump-endorsed Harriet Hagman. And the margin of her loss was even worse than I predicted it would be. I predicted it would be more than 20%. Did you know that the Wyoming primary campaign set a new record for spending? Wyoming, a state with just one U.S. rep, Liz Cheney. Ad Impact is reporting that from the $5.3 million spent in the primary for Wyoming's at-large congressional seat between Liz Cheney and Harriet Hagman, who was supported by, of course, Donald Trump, even though her campaign spent far more on ads than Hagman did, the winner, Hagman spent just a mere $1 million. The loser, big time was Liz Cheney, whose campaign spent $2.2 million on advertising. Now, Cheney was so sure that she would win the primary, she even brought veteran TV producer James Goldston. You remember his name? He's the guy that produces the general, uh, the January 6th hearings in order to document the results of the election. But her political career is over. Yep, it's over, as she will not be on the ballot in November. This in spite of Democrats spending millions to try and convince Democrats in Arizona to cross over and vote for her. They didn't. In her concession speech, she compared herself to Abraham Lincoln, who lost not one but two primary elections, is she disillusional or what? Did you know that Cheney going down to defeat the new score on the 10 rhinos who voted to impeach Trump is four have retired rather than run and get beat like Cheney did last Tuesday. Four like Cheney have been defeated at the primary polls and only two have survived. Trump until now has a 92% record of wins in the candidates he has lent his support to. My sources are several, Fox News, Radio World Magazine, one of our broadcast publications, and various web sites. Now, Alaska held its primary last Tuesday, and they decided to test their new popularity primary system, ridiculous as it is, where the top four, no matter what party they are in, all get to be on the next ballot in their second runoff election. I hate runoff elections, but a few states do have similar systems. This one's the worst I've seen, and I detest them all, which is costly, and all this does is drag things out. I was mainly interested in how Sarah Palin made out in her run for a seat in the U.S. House facing over a dozen candidates. She came in second and will be in the next primary election as they continue this nonsense in Alaska. Incumbent Senator Lisa Murkowski, she's going to face Trump-endorsed Kelly Shibaka in the next runoff primary as the popularity contests continue in Alaska. Popularity primary systems. Are you crazy? <sighs> Oh, well, that's Alaska. A new poll conducted by Emerson College, where my brother went to college up there in Boston, following the raid on Trump's home in Florida, has revealed in Ohio that Trump supported J.D. Refance now has a three-point lead over Tom Ryan for the U.S. Senate. The outcome of the poll suggests that those polled are not enamored with the DOJ and the FBI for that pre-dawn raid 
on the former president's house down in Florida. Republicans also lead with double digits on the generic congressional ballot. My sources, Breitbart.com and Hotair.com. Did you know a recent study reveals that Americans tell fibs four times a day on average? Wow. I was taken by the study that came out well, the middle of last week. The study was commissioned by Online Betting Guide and was done by One Poll. That's the name of the company. The goal of the study seemed to center around playing poker, where bluffing, which essentially is lying, is simply part of the game. And bluffing or lying came in at 32% of the people they interviewed. Comments about another person's apparel came in at 30%. You know, Roger said, boy, that's a nice shirt you're wearing, Dick, even if he doesn't like it. Well, okay. While white lies about how great a meal was cooked scored 27%. Have you ever done that? Say, oh, boy, was that delicious. And when you get out the door, you said, where's the barf bag? <laughs> CFP. Citizens Free Press is where I found the original story, and then I had to go to studyfinds.org. So the average American lies four times a day on average is what they came up with. Newsweek carried this opinion piece last week entitled, Garland and Ray Must Be Impeached. Just as soon as the Republicans take over the House next year. I think that's a good idea. The article points out that all presidents take mementos and other records when they leave office. Presidents, by the way, don't pack their own boxes, of course. They don't. The National Archive takes the position that almost everything that is a presidential record um, is okay to be taken by the president who's leaving. And the federal government in general Overclassifies nearly everything. I learned that when I was with FEMA, and I made it a point never, never to label anything we were doing top secret, even though they wanted me to. Ridiculous top secret when we're at a disaster. Anyway, the writer, Mike Davis, says this is not any crime. The Presidential Records Act is not a criminal statute, let alone one requiring a 30 person armed. FBI brigade in an unprecedented raid on a former president's home and office, Attorney General Merrick Garland, FBI Director Chris Wray, the Biden National Security Division, and the rest of the Biden DOJ are dangerously blinded by their obsession with President Trump, his aides, and his supporters, and the fact that he just might be on the ballot in 2024. That's what it's all about, folks. Plain and simple. My sources see Citizen Free Press and Newsweek magazine. And did you happen to catch that story being buried by the mainstream media where alert California election officials managed to catch 27% bad signatures on that recall election ballot that voided the recall of their favorite Marxist George Garçon? Isn't it odd? that these are the same officials who found less than 1% of errors in ballots that were cast in the 2020 election. I find that kind of curious. How about you? A carjacking suspect, one of three, was fatally struck and killed by a vehicle on Louisiana Interstate Highway I-10. While the trio was running and trying to escape police following a car chase, according to the New Orleans Police Department. The suspect exited a stolen SUV and attempted to flee across busy I-10 on foot. That was stupid. Only to be fatally struck by an oncoming vehicle last Monday morning, right after my program. The other two carjackers, however, has, have escaped and have not yet been located. By the way, carjacking in New Orleans, up 91%. Since 2020, folks, stay out of New Orleans. I don't care that they're going to hold the Mardi Gras after all. Where 191 carjackings have been documented 
since 2020. My source for this story is Breitbart.com. You're listening to the Upfront program. Yours truly, Dick Bouchard, your singular host here on the program. And yes, uh, my program is mainly a mild monologue of various news stories that I've come across this week. While you may have probably heard some of these stories, I'm doubtful that you've heard all of them. For example, did you know that all Trump endorsements won in Wyoming? Yeah, I'm sure you heard about Liz Cheney getting beat. But did you know there was also a primary for Secretary of State? And guess what? Trump endorsed Chuck Gray was the winner. He beat second place finisher by 12,894 votes. Did you also know there was a race for general treasurer in Wyoming? And Trump endorsed Kurt Meyer was the winner, beating the second place finisher by twice as many votes. And did you know there was a third race you never heard about in Wyoming for school superintendent? It's basically director of education in Wyoming. And that is the top job in education. And guess what? Trump endorsed Brian Schroeder, won that race, making Trump four for four in Wyoming. I bet you hadn't heard that. Of course not. Did you know that streaming has just overtaken cable as the primary way people acquire TV programs? That information comes from Nielsen. Streaming has officially topped cable as the most popular method by which Americans consume television content. Why does it matter? Well, just as cable's victory over broadcast, over-the-air TV, ushered in waves of change to the U.S. media, streaming's rise will continue to bring new business and cultural forces to the fore. Streaming now makes up more than one-third of all television consumption in the U.S., according to data from Nielsen's gauge of TV consumption. So what did I have to do this morning? Well, just for you, I decided to check out the top ten streaming television programs. And here they are. Number one on Netflix is Virgin River with 2.6 million viewers. Number two on Netflix, Stranger Things, 2.2 million viewers. Number three on Netflix, again, The Gray Man, 1.4 million viewers. Number four on Netflix, Resident Evil, 772,000. Notice how the numbers get smaller here. On five, number five is Alone on Netflix and Hulu. 745K. Number six, NCIS. These are all repeats. Seven, let's see, millions, 736,000 people watching reruns of NCIS on Netflix, including my great-grandson, Chase, who says he loves NCIS, and that's where he watches them. Number seven is Coco Melon. 705,000. Number eight, Grey's Anatomy, 666,000. Number nine, Netflix. Again, The Umbrella Academy, 553,000. And number 10, on Prime Video, The Boys, 532,000. So you can see that there's nothing that gets anywhere near 5 million, which is our normal way of telling it. And by the way, when I come back after the break, I uh, I will share with you the over-the-air ratings because, frankly, most of us watch TV over the air. Kay Akasher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kay Akasher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kay Akasher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Well, here's a question for you. 
from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484-384-95 for a free no-obligation in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. Now I'd like to talk to you, of course, as I normally do, about personal umbrella policies available from Benjamin Allstate Insurance Agency. You might have a homeowner's policy, and you've got insurance on your car, boat, motorcycle. You might even have a summer home or a winter chalet. But do you have an Allstate personal umbrella policy to protect you? Should there be a claim against you that is not completely covered by your other policies. And that's what a personal umbrella policy from Allstate is all about. You could get sued for over a million dollars following an accident. Your dog bites someone. Someone has an accident around your pool. I could come up with a dozen other scenarios that you could legally be obligated to pay for that exceeds your present coverage. You get the idea. You might need extra protection when you need it most. Here's the number to call, 401-765-5000. Or do what I do, stop in and talk to the Benjamin Allstate Agency about investing in a personal umbrella policy available between $1 to $5 million. I have one. The Benjamin Allstate Agency has two convenient offices. The main office across from Dowling Village. North Smithfield, the other one, is at 72 South Main Street in South Bellingham. Remember, folks, you're in good hands with Allstate. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And the panel, as usual, here on uh, um, the Monday mornings, is yours truly, Dick Bouchard. And I promised you I would give you the over-the-air ratings. They're not terribly new. They came in uh, from Nielsen on July 25th. But uh, it's the latest we got. So here we go with the number one program, America's Got Talent. And this one exceeds my 5 million uh, listener cap. It has 6.4 million viewers. Number two, 60 Minutes, 6.0 million viewers. Number three, watch it go down. Celebrity Family Feud, 4.5 million viewers. Um, let's go to number five, America's uh, Funniest Home Videos, 4. Point, well, about 4 million viewers. Number six, The $100,000 Pyramid, 3.9 million viewers. Number seven, Big Brother, 3.7 million. Number eight, FBI. By the way, those are repeats now. FBI repeats, 3.5 million. You notice that number is higher than the streaming number. Number nine, Big Brother, 3.5 million. And number 10, a program called Press Your Luck, 3.4 million viewers. That's over the air. So if you don't have cable and you don't watch TV on your computer like more people are doing day in and day out these days, then they're are your ratings. Now, uh, did you know that the U.S. Energy Administration announced last week that renewable energy, mainly from wind and solar nationwide, will amount to about 22% in 2022? And they predict that that percentage will increase to 24% during 2023. Of course, that means 75% of the electricity is produced by something else. And they never say with this report that when the wind isn't blowing, you don't get any wind energy and you don't get any solar energy when it's dark outside. The announcement didn't, uh, the announcement did not mention the percentage of electricity generated by hydro projects like Niagara Falls, for example. But it did mention 
the $310 million that Joe Biden has in his Inflation Reduction Act that deals with water projects. Just thought I'd share that with you. I got it from the thecitizenfreepress.com. Well, you may have heard earlier this month that President Biden signed the CHIPS Act into law. So what's the CHIPS Act? Well, it includes about $52 billion in new spending to be delivered to the semiconductor industry in the form of manufacturing incentives and research and development money designed to spur more chip foundries, uh, found, uh, factories, I mean, in the United States. But when touting the new bill, Biden, as is often the case, went beyond reality by claiming it would lead to more than a million new construction jobs. How about that, Joe? Of all things, it's the Washington Post who questioned that claim. And they discovered that if more chip factories are built, and that's unlikely, the source of the comment was, in fact, the chip industry study that projects clearly that if $50 million were spent to build the factories, about 6,200 new temporary jobs would be created. That's nowhere near that Joe Biden, he told us there'd be a million new construction jobs. So once again, I have no idea where he comes up with this stuff. And this time he got picked up by the Washington Post as a Pinocchio and also by HotAir.com. Well, there's yet another sign of a partial return to normalcy inside the federal government. And the Biden administration is apparently running up the white flag. I mean, that term means surrendering in terms of the vaccination wars. Starting today, there will be no more special COVID testing federal uh, protocols for people who work for the federal government based on their vaccination status. But you didn't know that. Of course, they, they don't tell you things like that. You've got to listen to the Upfront program to learn them. Offices that require testing, particularly health care facilities, will continue to have all employees tested and will no longer inquire as to the workers' vaccination status. But offices without mandatory testing requirements will immediately cease mandated testing for unvaccinated workers. The Biden administration is instructing agencies to cease all COVID-19 testing aimed specifically at unvaccinated employees, like Dick Bouchard, for example, marking a new approach in the fight against the coronavirus and their push to get all federal workers inoculated. While this should come as a welcome change and be seen as an end to discriminatory practices, some of these employees must have one question on their minds. Why is there no mention in the announcement of the government continuing to fire everyone who refused to comply with the vaccine mandates? Why couldn't they have done this from the beginning? My sources are two, governmentexecutive.com and hotair.com. Did you know that the Secretary of Defense, like Joe Biden, has been diagnosed with covid he, after having got two shots, it's the second time he's contracted COVID-19. And he's the same guy that mandated that all unvaccinated people in the military get the shot or get fired. As Lloyd Austin muddles through his second COVID diagnosis in 2022, despite being vaccinated and double boosted, he should ponder his mandate for the U.S. military. Here's a quote from Dr. James Hughes. He should know that being fat increases the risk of COVID death. 
even if he's concerned about deaths, and decreases the COVID vaccine infectedness if he's so concerned about it. If he, the guy who is in charge of the military, is so really concerned, if he's really, really concerned about deaths, well, then he truly wants to be a COVID leader. So he should lose some weight as an example for others in DOD to follow. If he sincerely wants to improve the health of the military, perhaps he should look to prevention of perennial issues. Uh, uh, being uh, overweight, being someone who takes drugs, and pivot away from the COVID mandate. My source for that story is the Liberty Daily dot com so have you learned anything so far i mean of course you've heard these stories completely and they were completely and thoroughly reported in every publication you read and on any tv station you watch right hey it may have crossed your mind but here are the facts did you know democrat president joe biden has now spent more time on vacation at this point in his presidency than any of his last Three predecessors, their names are Donald Trump, Barack Obama, and George W. Bush. Biden's latest and current vacation is number 49 visits to his Delaware Beach house during his presidency so far. The left, if you recall, slammed Trump repeatedly for spending time at his properties on vacation. By the way, they never mentioned that he never took a pay over his four-year presidency. Here's the latest. By the way, Joe Biden's taken every dime that they gave him. Here's the latest data on vacation Joe. Since entering the White House, Biden has, like I say, traveled home 49 times while spending 150 full or part-time days in the state of Delaware. Remember, the White House is in Washington, D.C. My source, slaynews.com. Sunday, Donald Trump condemned the raid of his Florida home after law enforcement seized 10 boxes of classified files that Trump allegedly took after leaving office. Never in our country's history has there been a time where law enforcement has been so viciously and violently involved in the life and times of politics in our nation, wrote President Trump. A major motion pertaining to the Fourth Amendment will soon be filed concerning the illegal break-in of my home, said Donald Trump. Right before the ever-important mid-elections, he notes, my rights together with the rights of all Americans, have been violated at a level rarely seen before in our country, he added. Of all people, Mike Pence, the former vice president, said, quote, he did not remove any classified material after serving as vice president. Daily Mail is my source. Hey, what's the latest tourist attraction in Kiev, Ukraine? Well, what they do is they drag out the burned-out tanks and Russian equipment that they've destroyed. And what they do is they put it on display in the main street of the capital city. British intelligence is now saying that over 44,000 Russian soldiers have been killed by the Ukraine army. And over 2,000 tanks have been destroyed. The Pentagon says twice that number, or over 80,000 Russians have been killed as I reported to you last week, Putin's invasion is described as a disaster by most military intelligence. Did you know that Germany, one of those green countries on our globe, is keeping three nuclear power plants it was planning to shut down running? And they're planning to restart 16 mothballed coal-powered plants. Why? To bolster its electric grid because winter is coming. 
It's all because Russia is cutting off its supply of natural gas. And the country needs energy. An editorial in the New York Post suggests it's an important lesson for President Joe Biden and lefty New York Governor Kathy Hochul and other climate warriors that he just doing arbitrary deadlines for carbon neutrality and simply assuming or pretending you can get sufficient renewables available in time is a recipe for trouble. And if America follows the European model, it may soon find itself in the same cold soup as Germany. We in southern New England may regret demolishing the Somerset coal plant and shutting down our nuclear power plants in New England if the Greenies actually win the next election in November. My source for this story was the New York Post.com. Did you know that owning a new private vehicle is becoming increasingly more expensive as inflation and rising fuel prices are squeezing out average working Americans? This is according to the American Automobile Association. You know them as AAA. And their normal thing that they put out once a year called Your Driving Costs Report. In 2022, the average cost to own and operate a new car is $10,728 annually. Or works out to about $894 a month. And that's a significant increase from 2021 when owning a new car cost $9,666 annually. In case you are not a mathematician, that cost is almost 11% increase over last year. My source for this story, whatfinger.com. Well, while Joe Biden is riding his bicycle down in Delaware and otherwise hiding behind his half-million-dollar wall being built around his property... Donald Trump announced late last week he's going to be holding yet another rally. Oh, of course, you didn't hear about that. This time, it's going to be held in the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre area of Pennsylvania. The date, September 3rd. Mark it down. It's only four hours from here. And he said he'll be delivering his support for the candidacy of Dr. Oz for Senate. Yes, he did win the primary. They hide that. And Doug Mastriano for governor and the entire GOP ticket when he appears at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, September 3rd. My source for that story, redstate.com via whatfinger.com. And I bet you didn't know that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Did you know that? Uh, probably not. Um, so I'm going to tell you about it because he was there last week to lend his support at a rally for Doug Mastriano, who I just mentioned, in his bid to become the governor of Pennsylvania. DeSantis reminded the crowd that it was Democrats who forced lockdowns, mask mandates, people losing their jobs over vaccine mandates, Crime rates skyrocketing, soaring inflation, made attempts to kill the Pennsylvania fracking industry that will harm many middle-class families by putting them out of work. And yet the media still behaves like they are doing a great job down in D.C. <laughs> DeSantis said Republicans did not lock down a single person, not lock down families, churches, or businesses. He said, we can never, ever surrender to the woke ideology. He hosted a $250, uh, oh, that's, that's $2,500 a plate fundraiser to help Mastriano in his bid to become governor. Oh, you didn't hear about that story either. Well, I understand. Hey, listen, we'll be back right after this break with more of the Upfront program. Yours truly, Dick Bouchard, in charge right now. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expansive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. 
And you might want to check out a taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a grumpy sirloin steak, filet mignon, or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner. All charbroiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week at 3 o'clock Monday through Thursday at noon on weekends. It's time to make it a grumpy's experience today. Charlie's Tire and Service Center in Bellingham is the go-to shop for all your tire and mechanical needs. Serving Bellingham, Franklin, Blackstone, and nearby communities for well over 40 years. We specialize in tires, wheel alignments, and general auto maintenance and repair. South Main Street at Route 126 in Bellingham. Open Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 5, Saturdays till noon. Stop in and talk to our service manager at Charlie's Tire and Service Center. Call us at 508-883-1211 and make an appointment. You can check us out on Facebook. Scott McGee from the Stearns McGee team is ready. Whether you're buying or selling a home or just curious about the local market conditions, Scott would love to offer his services to you. He knows the local community, both as an agent and a neighbor, and can help you guide through the nuances of the current real estate market. So let Scott work hard for you. Your real estate experience will be memorable and enjoyable. You can reach him directly at 401-639-2906. Listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right. And this is uh, one of the things I like to, uh, I, I ought to call some of these things segments. Time for Dick Bouchard's Dirty Little Secrets. Did you know that the very recent study that no doubt escaped Joe Biden's watchful eyes reveals that 20% of electric car owners had problems with EV re- public repowering stations. 20%! Holy mackerel! <laughs> so, essentially, uh, well, listen, for your information, I have never seen anyone using the four public repowering stations in front of the Blackstone Town Hall. Have you ever seen anybody hooked up there at St. Paul Street? And boy, do I use that street a lot. As the Biden administration pushes electric vehicles, thousands of EV owners are reporting that they couldn't recharge their electric cars at public charging stations. J.D. Power, a consumer research company, released its second annual U.S. Electric Vehicle Experience Public Charging Study last week. And, of course, you never heard about it. The study interviewed 11,554 electric vehicle and plug-in hybrid vehicle owners from January through June 2022. They found that 20% of electric vehicle owners couldn't recharge their EVs at public charging stations. It seems that one out of every five respondents ended up not charging their vehicle during their visit. J.D. Power reported, of those who didn't charge, 72% indicated it was due to the station malfunctioning or simply being out of service. You know, had a do not use sign hanging on it. Last week, the New York Times reported, that owners of battery-powered cars sometimes struggle to refuel on longer trips because public chargers don't work or malfunction while cars are plugged in. And the source of that was theblaze.com. So we've got two different stories there, and that's my dirty little secret for today. Hey, people I talk to say things have gotten out of hand, and I could not agree with them more. And how about you? Take Pennsylvania Democrat John Fetterman. Did you ever hear him? Well, he's the guy who's running for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. And here's what he wants to do. He wants to legalize heroin. And he wants to fund safe injection sites. A recent video of Fetterman saying that he wants to release one-third of the prison population has just also surfaced. 
Now, it sounds out of hand until you realize that right here in Rhode Island, we've already approved one of this nuts, crazy, safe injection sites ideas right here in our own city. John Fetterman is a Pennsylvania. He's currently their lieutenant governor, who now is the Democratic nominee for the U.S. Senate and is one of the most radical Democrats in the Senate race. He also says, I think it's important that we as a society have all the options on the table, including needle exchange. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good idea. Fetterman is the man running against Donald Trump-supported Republican nominee Melhet Oz. We call him Dr. Oz, the TV guy, for the U.S. Senate race in Pennsylvania. Let's hope Dr. Oz wins. My source, thegatewaypundit.com. And by the way, with jerks like McConnell, currently Senate Majority Leader, telling reporters last week that Republicans might not take the Senate and supporting jerks like Fetterman running in Pennsylvania, he could be right. I hope to God people like Dick Morris and Donald Trump, who both predict we will not only take the House, but we'll take the Senate and boot McConnell out of the leadership in the Senate. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell last Thursday said that the GOP may not retake the Senate during the November 2022 midterm elections. Really? He went on to say, I think there's probably a greater likelihood that the House flips than the Senate. <laughs> What's he smoking anyway? Senate races are just different, said McConnell. They're statewide. Candidates... By the way, that's not true. I, you know, I mean, give me a break. Yeah, they stay wide, all right. Candidate quality has not a lot to do with the outcome. And as I say to you, if the best they can come up with is guys like Fetterman in Pennsylvania, we are in serious trouble, folks. My God, somebody actually wants to talk to me? <laughs> all right. Let's go to the phones. Hi, you're next on W1RI. Go ahead. Morning, Dick. Great job. Thank you. Hey, uh, as far as the climate and environment are concerned, Dick, uh, there's a volcano going off right now in uh, Iceland. Mm-hmm. And it's spewing uh, ca- carbon pollutants hundreds of thousands of times greater than man's pollutants. Correct. You know, times 14 days, you're talking off the charts for carbon pollutants. So... The climate and environment are there to equalize the countries of the world as far as uh, uh, mechanisms of, <coughs> of control. You're correct. <clears throat> so uh, when uh, the environmentalists uh, blame America for all the pollutants in other countries, they ought to look at the volcano. Yeah, you know, we, many of them going off right now. Yeah, we got to do something about these volcanoes. And the fact of the matter is... We should. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, did you take science? The the center of the earth is molten lava, and every once in a while it comes out in the volcanic eruptions. And you go to Yellowstone Park, and you see the you know, uh, the geysers and what have you. So, uh, yeah, you're right, 100%. I appreciate your call. Thanks for bringing it to our thank, attention. Thank you, Dick. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of folks just seem to have forgotten what they learned in science class, you know. Hey, did you know that the state of Florida is going to be holding a primary tomorrow? It's going to be a whole week before I can bring you the results. But you bet that I will share the results with you next week. Ron DeSantis will be on the ballot. But I think I can safely predict that he will win the Republican primary and that he'll be on the ballot in November. The big question is who the Democrats will pick from a crowded field to face him. Leading Democratic candidates are, you want to know who they are? Nikki Freed and Congressman Charlie Crist. Gatewaypundit.com is my source for that story. And we move to page five of my preparation for this morning. Russia is trying to find recruits to replace up to 80,000 soldiers who the Pentagon says have been killed or wounded by the feisty Ukraine army and civilians who continue to occupy 80% of the country 
after Putin said that he would win the invasion of the entire country in three days. <laughs> that, was, that was a joke. That was back in February. We now learn that in an effort to find replacement soldiers, guess what Putin is doing? He's offering to attract fresh recruits, the promise of huge sums of money, Russian um, plots of land, and even premium places for their children in Russian schools. Recruiters have even been visiting Russian prisons to sign up inmates, promising them immediate freedom and money if they sign up. Russian recruiters hope they can get these inmates um, and uh, thousands of other people desperate with debts and throw them into the conflict zone with no training and just a gun. Soldiers coming back from the conflict say the promises are not being kept, so recruiting is not going well because people, even in Russia, talk to one another. My sources, the BBC.com and Newsit. N-E-W-Z-I-T dot com. Now, listen, folks, nearly three quarters of Americans think the United States is heading in the wrong direction under President Joe Biden. According to yet another bad poll for the president ahead of the midterms elections, and this poll actually came from NBC, who hates Donald Trump and loves Joe Biden. Despite grappling with low favorability ratings for much of his first term already, Biden's popularity experienced a deep downturn in recent months. According to pessimism by the people they talked to over the economy, now we have a whopping 74% of Americans saying the country is on the wrong track. Just 24% of Americans feel the nation's headed in the right direction. And that's according to a new survey from NBC News. No friend of Donald Trump. NBC found that more than half of the respondents, 58%, feel more worried that America's best years may already be behind us. With just 35% thinking the best years are yet to come. Among their main concerns, according to the poll, was the economy, with 68% of respondents believing the United States is already in a recession. We are, despite Biden's attestations that the economy is rebounding after the country's inflation rate hit a 40-year high in June. Yeah, come down a little bit, less than half a percent. In total, the poll found 55% of Americans now disapprove of the job the president is doing, while only 42% approve. And that really spells bad news for the president as he seeks to energize his base to cast ballots for a Democrat-controlled Congress in November. Well, this was a little hard for me to do, and I only could come up with 20 states. Did you know which states had the highest number of people like me who said no to taking a COVID shot? You may be one of them who said no, like me. I was interested, so I have the list of the top 10 states where citizens said, nope, not me, when it came to taking a COVID shot. And wait, I will also reveal which states said, yes, I want a COVID shot. Here's a hint. All the states on the second list I'm going to read to you are pure Democrat states. Anyway, Wyoming, that's the state that just voted Liz Cheney out of Congress, turns out to be number one. Highest rates of vaccine unwillingness, they call it, 36% in Wyoming. Alabama, 32%. Number two. Oklahoma, number three, 32%. Number four, Idaho, 30%. Number five is Louisiana, 29% said not for me. Arkansas is number 26, a correction, number six with 29%. Also tied at 29%, but in number seventh place because of fractions is Tennessee. Number eight state is Mississippi at 28%. Number nine is Alaska, 27%. 
And number 10 is the state of Georgia, 27%, said, nope, not for me with the COVID shot. Now, the states where citizens said, yes, go ahead, I'll take one or more COVID shots, we lead off with Massachusetts, where only 9% said no. One-fifth, however, of the U.S. population said no to the shots. And here's the list of... um, States where people said yes to COVID shots. Number one, leading the list. Number one in America, Massachusetts, the Bay State, our next-door neighbor. Number two, our next-door neighbor to the west was Connecticut. Number three, the District of Columbia. Number four, New Jersey. Number five, New York with 12%. And... uh, Let's go to uh, number six, Minnesota, 13%. Number seven, Maine, 14%. Number eight, 14%. Vermont. Number nine, California, 15%. Number 10, Maryland, 16%. So you notice that uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Maine, and Vermont out of the New England states, all said, yeah, 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 I want a COVID shot. Give me one of those COVID shots. Okay, we're almost done, folks. A New Hampshire poll just released confirms what most of us already know, that Trump is far and above all possible Republican contenders if he runs for re-election. This poll taken in New Hampshire. Trump comes in at 79%, way, 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 way ahead of Ron DeSantis, who scored 29%. And of all things, Liz Cheney came in at 4%, Nikki Haley at 3%, tied with Mike Pence, also at 3%. Ted Cruz and Mike Pompeo were tied at 1%. My source for this story is hotair.com. Getting toward the end of our program, folks, but I got to I got to do this one. Speaking of Liz Cheney, the vindictive rhino has launched a new political action committee using the estimated seven million dollars she has left over from her recent campaign, which she lost to work to oust Republicans she believes are bad for democracy. She names Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz as her first two targets. She also said Ron DeSantis deserved censure for backing election fraud claims and said that Kevin McCarthy was not fit to be House Speaker when he replaces her, uh, when he replaces uh, Nancy Pelosi in, in January. She made these announcements on Disney's Uh, ABC television network yesterday morning. Donald Trump made his revenge mission to get Cheney booted from her house seat in Wyoming. She lost by 37.4 points.